Hello and welcome to DVB Box Pop, a podcast featuring voices from Generation Z. We are your hosts Ningsu and Duya. Tune in every week to hear young people share their personal stories and how they hope to achieve a future democratic Myanmar free from military dictatorship. To listen, follow DVB English in your podcast app. DVB Box Pop is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to DBB Boxball. I'm your host Duya. For this week episode, I'm here with Biado, a young teacher who joined civil disobedience movement CDM to fight back the military coup. Hello, Biado. Welcome to DBB Boxball. Hello. Biado, could you please introduce briefly about yourself? I am Biado, and I was a CDM teacher, and I joined CDM as soon as. I heard the, that that's the way to fight against military in a non-violent way, and also at the same time I joined Federal FM. At first, I was not a producer; I just voice over. I couldn't produce my own programs at that time, but later, I think after a year, I produced uh, my own program called One Minute Federal, and now after two years. I started doing my podcast called Youth Line Lungay Line, and also I have another program called Radio Edu, um, educating people through radio. Before uh, you joined CDM movement, like how how did you became a, a a teacher? I'm a Muslim, and my mother told me to you know to work for the government and to become a Civil servant, and especially a teacher, is the best job. You know, living in Myanmar as a Muslim, and that's why I became a teacher. I know it's really difficult. Was there any、uh, discrimination to you? At first, it was very easy for me. You know, to be a teacher and a Muslim, I don't have any discrimination. Like when I was in my school life. Um, everyone respects me, my students, the parents, and also my co-workers. But later, when I'm a bit familiar with them, I realize that、um, they are trying, you know, not to say a word in front of me. But when we stay very close, they, you know, use the words like. And other, you know, discrimination, just small things. But I feel that I'm discriminated. And、um, but there is a big thing I remember when I was in, at the college. My principal, she's the highest rank at the college,、mm-hmm. but she used, you know, that like those the same word, gla, and. She told me that because I'm a Muslim, no one wants to live with me. Everyone wants to avoid me like that, that kind of word. And I was a bit surprised, and I was shocked at that time. Yeah, that's really sad because, like, I know the in 2012, like, there's a lot of like、uh, conflict between、uh, Buddhists and、uh, Buddhists and Muslim people in. All over Myanmar, I think. I think、uh, 2017 is the worst in Rakhine State. At the time, like, how do you feel about that? 
In 2012, I was a university student. And, you know, because I'm just a student, I don't have much knowledge about, you know, that kind of crisis. When I entered into the classroom, my my friends are, you know, t- together in their groups. And as soon as I entered the, the room, they, they are all silent. <laughs> and I realized that ah, they are talking about the re- Rohingya crisis and they didn't want me to hear that. But some friends, they're not very close friends, but they came to me in purpose and talked about, discussed about those Rohingya crisis. And I felt that um, they, want, they wanted me to tell that, that it was because of the Rohingya's faults. Mm-hmm. It was because of the Muslims. I feel that they wanted me to tell that the Muslims are invaders in Myanmar and we must, you know, leave the country. But, you know, my mother was born here. My father was born here. I was born here. And I have nowhere to go. I just live here. I grew up here. And it was a a tough time for me. But I didn't discuss anything with them because I just want to be close with them. In 2017, I think I was a teacher at that time. So the situation was not that, you know, intense. But they are the, my co-workers, they are just trying to be nice to me, but they just gossip behind me. And they, they try to, you know, um, put me in that situation. And the Rohingyas are invaders, and she's like that, the same. And they always criticize me for the things I do, like because she is a Muslim, she did like that, like that, and you know they gossip behind me. So like, I know it's really hard. Like at that time, did you feel safe to go to mosque like every I think every Friday, right? Uh, yeah, but we normally don't go to the mosque, mm. especially uh, women mm. in Myanmar. Um, because of the patriarchy, <laughs> you know, from the um, from the leaders of the Muslim community, they didn't want m- women to go to the mosque, and so we normally go to on the occasions like Eid or the other special days. We go to mosque, but not every Friday, and for me. I couldn't go to the mosque because I'm afraid that they're going to ban the mosque. And if I was there, I would be banned with them. And so it was not safe for me to stay in. Not only me, my family is the same, feels the same. We, we don't feel safe. Now let's talk about the the CDM. So, when you drive civil disobedience movement, how does your family react? Um, my mother is also a high school teacher, and she joined CDM. So, I'm not alone <laughs> at home who joined CDM, and my mother 
is um, almost 60 at that time and she could, you know, still just wait for the retired man, but mm-hmm. she didn't want to do that and she joined CDM. So she's my, you know, role model. And I think I could still um, involved in CDM movement. I didn't go back to the military control schools. And that's, I think, because of my mother. Wow, that's that's really like amazing, like like two CDM people in, in one house. So you and your mother joined CDM. Did, did you get any threat from the military or for, from your principal? Uh, yes, I got notice from my principal. You know, um, during NOD rule time, we got um, two months loan from the government and they wanted me to pay that back. And I got notice from my principal and my mother did the same, received the same. She even got phone calls from her, from her principal and from her colleagues. After you joined CDM, like you and your mother, like, um, does any of your college also join CDM? There are over 10 people, 10 teachers from my college, they also joined CDM. Over 10 people join CDM, so did some of them back to work under the military? Um, at first, there are over 20, almost 30, and only over 10, some small amount of people still joined CDM, and the other people went back to the military-controlled college. Okay, so when the military coup started, like, how did you and your mother feel about this? Um, to be honest, I didn't feel anything for that, and I thought that were, you know, somehow we could, they, they could discuss each other, like NLD and the military, and and the country will be, you know, okay again. And I don't feel much worried about that. But um, my mother is a bit different from me, I think, because she encountered the same situation um, in 1988. Uh, she thought that we couldn't, you know, stay in a democracy country anymore. And we were under the military again. Mm. And I think she accepted that situation. Okay, now you're in Thailand. So how did you, uh, how did you manage to come here? Actually, I didn't want to come here. I just stay as much as I can in Yangon. Um, I move from place to place to avoid the military raids. And one day I heard that one of the close members from Federal FM was arrested. And we are very close. And I I didn't feel that I'm safe anymore. And all the other members are already in Thailand. So they wanted me to come to... Thailand, but I'm a CDM teacher, so I couldn't, you know, just um, use the flight and to fly to Thailand. So I use illegal way to cross the border. And as soon as I arrived at the Thailand border, I got arrested. But 
Luckily, it was by the Thai police, not from Myanmar police. But、um, again, I was lucky, and I couldn't stay in the prison. I believe like there's a like so many teacher who join civil disobedience movement, and then like now some of them, not some of them, most of them are、uh, stay in the jungle,、uh, a- a- along the border. So like, do you have any connection with them? Um. Yes. Uh. I think last month I wrote a feature stories about those teachers, and I got. Contact with one of those teachers, and she said she is also a, a lady from IDB camp, and you know because she is a teacher, she wants to help for the continuous learning for the students in IDB camps, and she cooperate with other teachers, CDM teachers, in the same IDB camps, and they make group and teach students from IDPs. So those teachers in the jungle, are they?、Uh, did they? Did they get like any support from NUG or CRPH? And、uh, she said she didn't. <laughs> she only got a support from one or two men when she started joining CDM. But after that, she said she didn't, and she needs financial assistance because she is, you know, she has no job. And I got contact with the teachers who are teaching at the Rohingya camps. They are also Rohingya refugees, but they, you know, establish a school and teaching Rohingya children, especially you know Myanmar language and Myanmar culture, because they believe that they could go back to Myanmar one day. Now the military is、uh, preparing to.、Uh, Reputation the Rohingya people, I mean Rohingya refugee in Bangladesh. So they went to, they went Rohingya people came back to Myanmar. Do you think they will be safe if they came back to Myanmar? Of course, I don't think. <laughs> and because I think they are just showing off for the ICJ court, and I don't want you know those Rohingya people. To be hopeless again because of the military. So, what do you hope for the future of Myanmar?、Um, to be honest, I've never thought about that question, the answer for that question,、um, because even under the democracy government, we couldn't, we didn't feel safe, and we are not safe. You know, even if Myanmar is, you know, democracy country again. I'm not confident to say that we could feel safe, you know, to stay in Myanmar, because,、um, like you know, under democracy, democratically elected government, we have civil wars and you know Rohingya crisis. So, I I think that will you know happen again. So I don't know. For your question, my answer is I'm not sure. Would you like anything to add? So most women in Myanmar are fighting, you know, patriarchy at the same time with the military, and I hope that patriarchy will fail at the same time with the military. That's what I want to add. Piado,、mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining with us today. I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome.